0: mm <laughs> Cutting through the night sky, a lone owl searches for prey to satiate its empty stomach, soaring quickly above rolling waves. The moons, perched ever watchful in the heavens, illuminate the sea below, The sea of amber grass stretching for miles in all directions, covering the gentle rise and fall of the landscape. The silent raptor banks hard to its left suddenly, diving at speed towards the earth below, the talons slam into a plump rat running across the stone banister lining a temple's second-floor walkway, open to the night's crisp air. The swift strike made by the night hunter startles a passing figure, only a few feet away, as a young tabaxi catches his breath before finding his center once more. The yellowish-tan fur marked by innumerable black spots slightly dances in the breeze as a faint commotion perks up his ears. With a quizzical shifting of his brows, the tabaxi presses onwards, quietly inching towards the growing sound of angry voices. The soft glow of candlelight pours through the crack of a barely open door he has knocked on many times before, a door belonging to his mentor, and head of their order, Elder Naganuma. Two strange voices dripping with venom argue back and forth as the young tabaxi peers through the slight opening. Masters Lee and Lin flank either side of Naganuma, keeping the strangers from tearing each other's throats out, while the ranger, Zakarum, watches quietly from his seat in the corner. The Tabaxi's eyes shift back and forth subconsciously as he ponders whether to try to get the Master Ranger's attention. All the time spent training with the elf floods his mind, remembering his lessons on the importance of stealth. He makes no such attempts. A fist crashing into the wooden table clattering the tea set still steaming brings the eyes back to focus on the strangers. The symbols on their robes now visible, designating each as an elder of the different orders, one the hidden dawn and one the crimson star. The fist belongs to a relatively lithe red dragonborn, still imposing in size, who speaks through clenched teeth while pointing a large clawed finger across the room.
1: Naga Numa, we must address the issue at hand. I have asked your wisdom be applied to root out the treachery found in the Hidden Dawn. If Elder Kane will not admit it openly, I have been given information regarding their collusion with the Order of the Starless Void, and I must insist
2: this allegation be vetted. You assume much, Elder Moroccan, with seemingly little evidence to support your claims of treachery. Who is to say it is not the Crimson Star we must be worried about? Your anger betrays your motives, calling for Naganuma to be a neutral party when all you really wish to do is tear us down with fists and flames. You do in fact believe in rebirth and renewal at the cost of destruction, do you not? Perhaps you use the Starless Void as a means to renew all of Floria.
0: The young Tabaxi sees the Dragonborn's eyes begin to glow white as his cupped palm rests at his side with the flicker of building flames within. Marukin closes his eyes, breathing deeply, then reopens them. The glow subsides.
1: You feign innocence and discuss diplomacy with me, Cain? As if you and your order aren't lurking in the shadows, waiting to cut the throats of your Nexus paid targets and end their chance to speak forever? I watch you trade mercenaries, sport killers for hire. You have disgraced and bastardized the teachings of your ancestors, so don't lecture me.
0: Elder Naganuma interrupts with a deep, calming voice, breaking the tension mounting between the visiting elders. It is times like these that we must put our differences aside. We must find a way to work together and cease the accusations. The starless void has corrupted members of our orders and grown strong for it. They corrupt our teachings while serving Istikotan, sowing fear. Pausing, the hairless feline head of the old elder looks down at the floorboards for what seems an eternity. Naganuma finally returns his gaze to his guests, a painful look of resolve written across his wrinkled face. Perhaps we have let this go too long. But perhaps we have only shown the patience we all claim to teach. I will summon the other elders, and those that come shall decide the course we take. I trust you both can give me time. The scarlet-scaled hand of Elder Marukin presses against his chest as he bows quickly in deference.
1: If you believe we can change their minds and finally spur action against the Starless Void, I have faith you will. I have faith in
0: you. The drow elder holds out both hands face up, the customary showing of peaceful intentions within his order, and also bows quickly. If anyone can
2: bring the others together and make them see reason that we are not in league with these traitors, it is you, Naganuma. We will stow our
0: blades. For now. As the boiling pot that was the room moments ago cools, the hooded elf ranger finally speaks. I do not seize this plan coming to fruition, I must confess. The sudden contribution by the ranger and the ill omen his words bring cause a wave of unease to sweep through the room. Even the young Tabaxi, still unsure of exactly what is being discussed, feels an ominous shiver from his instructor's words. The two masters flanking Naganuma show their bewilderment at their colleagues' words, stepping forward. What do you mean by this, Dr. room? The leather-clad elf slowly stands, his eyes meandering towards the door hiding the intrusive student. A momentary grin crests the elf's lips, and then drops. A new emotion, or perhaps lack thereof, comes to the elf's face. A face the watching tabaxi has never seen in all his studies with the ranger. There is no reason to meet with the elders, because there is nothing you can do against the Stalus Void. We move among you, through you. We are your betters. Do not worry, masters. Once you are gone, the rest will fall in silent and join us. or we'll follow you into your heavens. The elderly bald tabaxi steps forward, confounded at a betrayal so profound. "What is this, Sakurum? What do you mean with us gone? As the words leave Naganuma's lips, the elf is already drawing a short sword from his back, glowing red and pulsing with anxious energy, yearning for the taste of blood. The stench of death begins to permeate the air. Let me show you, master. Instantly, the elf snaps out of existence, leaving everyone in the room shocked and cautious. A few moments pass before he reappears in the midst of all the masters. An imperceptible flurry of movements from Zakarum sends all of them soaring through the air, trails of blood arcing after their bodies. Masters Lee and Lin smash into a bookcase, no life remaining in their mortal shells, as volumes rain down upon them. Elder Marukin cracks into the stone wall with a sickly wet crunch as the dragonborn two falls limp to the floor. Elder Cain lays crumpled under the ruins of a table. Raspy breaths escape him as he lays there, eyes wide. Impossibly, the old Tabaxi Elder stands unmoved, not showing a single wound. Zach Room seems surprised by this, though not alarmed, as he steps toward the dying Dark Elf, eyes locked on Naganuma. You are stronger, than I gave you credit for, and faster, too. The traitor stands above Elder Cain, never removing his eyes from Naganuma's, and plunges the red blade through Elder Cain's heart. Sadly, my orders were to live no one alive, which includes you, Naganuma. You are now the last master alive my true elders consider a threat, and I will make these quick to honor your contributions to our traditions. Naganuma slowly begins backing towards the door, never taking his eyes from the treacherous elf. As the old monk nears the door, he reaches out behind and deftly slips his walking stick through the crack, surprising the younger Tabaxi, who then takes it from his master. I pray no student of mine would ever follow you into the starless void, for it is a dark path of ruination. The elf paces forward, holding out his sword, sneering confidence upon his face. It is too light for that, old man. Tobias has grown under my influence, as have others. Zev will break and follow, or will fall as well. Your teachings will die either way. Through the crack in the door, the candlelight catches the widening eyes of the young monk Tobias, filling with moisture at the words. Naganuma presses back, his voice equally full of confidence. That is where you are wrong, Zakarum, where your dark path blinds you. Tobias may be young and foolish at times, but his heart is good and pure. When the time comes for him to decide, he will not turn to your dark order. Tobias looks up at the back of his mentor's head, the closest thing to a father he has ever known, willing him to turn. A few final words are whispered from Elder Naganuma to his student as he shuts the door between them, never turning away from the elf. The order of the blade grass lives on in you. Now run. Like he has so many times before, Tobias ignores his master's words, emotions getting the better of him, as he peers through the smaller hole in a knot in one of the boards. Zacharum vanishes once more, taunting the old tabaxi from the ether. Who are you speaking to, old man? This is where your order falls. Naganuma strikes the air in front of him suddenly, connecting with a solid object, releasing a wheezing grunt of pain as a wooden chair is splintered by the now visible Dark Elf. No, it is not. There are others. The order will continue. With a look of shock and disdain, the Elf begins to rise from the floor. How was that possible? Naganuma centers himself. "'clearly weakened by the feet. "'You walk a path of power, yes, "'but your order does not breach patience and training. "'You seek shortcuts, ways of growing in strength, without earning it. "'You will be defeated. "'The embers will come for you if no one else.' "'In another blur of movement, "'the elf is suddenly upon the old monk, "'his sword buried to the hilt in the tabaxi's chest.' You will not be here to see it if they do Naganuma. I send you to your grave in whatever afterlife awaits you. Tobias watches his master's frame sag, the life leaving him. Then slowly, weakly, he raises a hand bald in a fist. Rapidly the fingers unfurl, just barely striking the chest of the elf. A look of confusion is replaced by pain as the assassin doubles over, contorting and clutching his torso. Blood beginning to leak from his lips. This drain of spirit finally breaks the old monk as he falls to the floor where Tobias watches the light leave his eyes. Still coughing up spurts of crimson, Zacharoon clings to life and rises to his feet. God damn you, old man. I will slaughter every last member of your pathetic little order, including your precious students. Tears tracing down the black eye markings of Tobias's fur, he finally pulls himself from the door and heeds his late master's advice. Tobias runs. The songs of birds basking in the midday sun above lull the unconscious mind of the young tabaxi from his sleep. Utter confusion sets across his brow as his wits come back to him, along with a throbbing pain under his right eye. Reaching up with his hand, Tobias feels a deep cut running across his face. Dry, matted blood encrusting his fur. Looking around at an unfamiliar scene, he can't help but think out loud. Where am I? Again, confusion washes over the young monk, this time even deeper. Who who am I? Realizing a traveling pack is strapped to his back, he frantically unbuckles it and swings it to the ground rifling through its contents for any clue to answer this terrifying question. His hands settle on a bound leather journal with the initials TK embossed on its cover. An envelope peeks from its pages, and as he removes it, he reads the name written across its surface, Tobias. Is this mine? Is this my name? Tearing open the envelope, Tobias reads its contents, hoping for more answers but instead finds even more questions.
3: After careful consideration and much examination, you have been selected for a position of greatness. Based on your inherent skills, you are cordially invited to come, with all haste, to Corothelia on the new moon. Seek out Emberflame Tower at dusk should you choose a life of
0: purpose and adventure. As he finishes reading, Tobias finds himself holding his stomach, now rumbling with a suddenly strong hunger. Hoisting his pack once more onto his shoulders, the smell of cooking meat sets him walking, heading for a valley where a small town smoke can be seen peeking through the trees. With no memory and one possible clue, he resolves to start looking for answers after a hot meal. Welcome in, thanks for checking this out on Tobias's Introduction. I got everybody here, but most importantly, we got Colin. I'm Jared, your host and uh, Dungeon Master for the Shatterblade Chronicles, the D&D 5th edition actual play podcast. You probably know that if you're listening to a character's episode zero. That was, that was something, bud. Oh, yeah. So let's meet this little guy. What's, uh, what's the name and race? Let's go over that again. So
3: as everyone hopefully knows by now, it's Tobias. Uh, he is a tabaxi, and for just like... A uh, visual uh, since he's tab- uh, Tabaxi and quick, I made him like a cheetah variant or er, race.
0: Yeah, you look. Yeah, he looks. He's got markings and he's got like a a top knot, right? Like yeah. a, a eastern esque top knot, but because uh, young cheetahs, you showed me some pics. that have like a the a white mohawk almost. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, so you, it's kind of segues into the next thing, detail of uh, like what's, I mean, you told me what he looks like. What's he, does he, is he wearing, you know, he's got armor. Does he, what, what's his uh, physical?
3: So he stands at a uh, towering five foot four.
0: Oh, imposing. <laughs> oh yeah. You could crush Danny DeVito. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Danny. Sorry, Danny. I'll, I'll text you later.
1: Oh, he's never going to listen now.
3: Uh, he is uh, only 120 pounds, not a big guy. He's really young and, uh, like, I think the youngest in the group.
2: Uh, mm. Not, not um, number-wise. <laughs> no, Wolfhaken's
0: way younger. <laughs> Maybe, but <than> uh, <laughs> probably. Maybe maturity-wise. maturity, uh, wise. maturity wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah how, okay. How old is he? He's 18. 18. So he can uh, go off to war and buy cigarettes.
3: Yep. So Tobias, uh, he's wearing, he can't wear armor. He just has his robes with him. They have a green tent with like a yellow gold uh, trimming to him. He's got his orders, uh, I guess, emblem on his back. It doesn't like cover his whole back, but it is noticeable.
0: Yeah, like like stitching or something. Yep. Cool.
3: Uh, he doesn't wear shoes either. Or yeah. Why would you? Yeah. He doesn't need them. Little kitty feet. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on mm-hmm. his uh right hip, he carries a very, I guess, well crafted ornate a staff that's his uh, main weapon of choice and on his other hip he just has a bag full of like odds odd weapons like darts and daggers and stuff like that
0: nice so if you if you had to describe him in like three adjectives or, or you know three words that make up Tobias what would they be uh
3: he is he is a considerate person uh he's he wants to be adventurous and he's after that episode, uh, sad. He's a sad
0: guy and forgetful. Yeah. <laughs> does he? Is there any like uh, I don't know profession or pastime or anything, um, a hobby, anything he does enjoys or?
3: So unfortunately, like it may not have shown in his episode, but he is a bit of of a prankster. He loves to pull tricks with uh, his best friend and his. Order is more or less a school, so he does skip class a lot and just go out and adventure the surrounding area. Best friend got a name? Nagato. Yeah, it used to be best friend. Oh,
1: what happened? <laughs> Nothing good.
0: <laughs> they got in a fight. Just kidding. Uh, does he have any... I think huge fears, like any uh, phobias. That's a trick. <laughs> and tell me something tangible that I can use against them later. <laughs> well, uh,
3: early on episodes, there's a reason he stayed far away from the river. He can't swim. Ooh. And he's afraid just, of heights. Oh, second. Let me Yeah, that. Take taking notes. <laughs>
0: Don't worry. You can just listen back to the interview. He can't swim. He's a cat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't like water. <laughs> uh, the flip side, like strengths. What's his? What's his biggest strength?
3: Uh, it may not have been shown, but I'd say like, he is a compassionate person. He does want to help people, so just that. Like, hopefully, that good nature and goodwill will pay off towards the end. Even though, like, he's had a couple slip ups so far. He's young.
0: Yeah, he's young. Does he have any like flaws or weaknesses? Or is that is it kind of tied into your uh, your fear?
3: Uh, it does, but one of his uh, flaws is, like, he's overly trustworthy. Like, he just sees, like, if you meet someone he doesn't know, like, he thinks I he's just going to see the good in them. Like, they're, he's hoping they're inherently good. They're going to help him, like, and he'll try and see past their flaws and, like, no, they'll work through it. It's,
0: they'll turn it around. That's interesting because I'm literally the opposite. I just... <laughs> Just assume everyone's a terrible.
1: Why are you friends person. with me? You proved me wrong. I, I so. don't know how.
0: <laughs> uh, because you're the only one that talks about D D with me all the
1: time. Oh, that must be it.
0: Um <laughs> Is there any like ideals that drive him?
3: Uh he his ideal is like he reads basically like all the stories is stereotypical, like the adventuring heroes that defeat the big bad guy. Like he wants, he strives for that. He wants to be seen as a hero, people that like people can rely on him or he can just be there when needed. So that's what he tries to strive for. That's his idea. Like everyone should try to work towards that like kind
0: of status. And finally, is he leaving anything or anyone behind? Uh
3: not necessarily leaving as losing, but um I guess he's leaving anything and everything that he's ever known behind in terms of like on this adventure. He does have some things with him that he just doesn't know yet, and hopefully that will
0: surface and he'll reveal itself over time, yep, it was a pleasure to meet him mm-hmm. and uh I hope he sticks around for. At least 12 episodes. (laughs) Same. I need 16
1: to get my payout.
3: Oh, that's your pool. Uh, Yeah. yeah. My pool's 12. (laughs) Hey, uh, mine's 50. He has...
0: I think Law voted for two, so
1: at this point you're doing He has three more episodes. (laughs) Oh, poor buddy.
3: (laughs) Uh, That's also another thing. I, Colin, have a curse to where I lose (laughs) a lot of characters. (laughs) Some of our previous games... Before we started courting, I lost quite a few people. You sure but, did. But, to be fair, a few of the decisions weren't the smartest ones because they weren't that smart of characters. Yeah. And I had to play them as that.
0: And I appreciated that. Um, also, I threw some real hard shit at you. To and be fair, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we flip your curse this time. And, and like, you're a weird dark horse. And uh, uh, even though I personally think monks are... A garbage class. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to go uh, the whole way. I want to see Tobias at the end of
3: this. I don't know. Based on those first couple combats, I might be gone pretty soon.
0: Oh. <laughs> Just kidding, bud. We we love to have you here. And the, uh, I don't know, the little lightheartedness I think the character brings. I think Tobias is my favorite character He's out of the I, party. I like
1: Tobias more. We'll than see. Most he, I mean, it's
0: not a hard choice. You have, both <laughs> <laughs> O'Kent. So <he's basically>, hey. <laughs> it's basically just he and Hush. Honestly, so Which far he, he hasn't had the about.
3: greatest luck in terms of things that have been happening. Well, it's been a hard
0: road for all of you so far. That is true, yes. But we thank you all for listening and meeting Tobias a little deeper. And we'll see you next week.